0: Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This is going to be a slightly longer intro than usual because I have a little bit of stuff to get through and I want to ask you a question. Uh, And I'm going to include a new thing which is a letter from you or a contact from you. I recently got a tweet from a long time listener, Sam, about the most recent podcasts or the two podcasts that I did with uh, Nick and... With Toby, Nick Kappa, and Toby Halligan, she said, thought on offensive language, the most offensive words I've ever heard were, quote, those people, end quote. The malice, ignorance, and intent behind those words elevated the seemingly innocuous to the completely offensive. So uh, I like that. I like that idea because, as I said in the last couple of podcasts, I'm wrestling with this this idea of offensive language and and intent, because you get both sides of this argument I I tend to agree with depending on who's putting the argument, really. Uh, There are comedians whose use of offensive terms I would defend, and there are comedians whose use of offensive terms I would condemn. And in general, academic or public discourse, speaking between people, the loose use of... and the ironic use of language that is knowingly offensive I find a bit upsetting but then at the same time I find hypersensitivity or kind of um, proselytising about language is hijacking otherwise productive discussions into quibbling Um, and I don't know where I come down on that so I'm glad to have a little bit of feedback on that. On that particular set of podcasts, I still haven't finished developing my ideas, but then I hope I never do, because then I would have reached the end of all my use. Anyway, this week's podcast is with Claire Hooper. I was sitting in Claire Hooper's car at Splendour in the Grass, uh, because her car was the only place within about three kilometres that was quiet uh, from this pervasive music. Splendour in the Grass is a music festival festival, uh, they bring together many, many thousands of people to listen to music in large tents. I was there for the Forum Tent, which is run by a woman called Faye Burston. I've been there for the last couple of years, and she, she runs panels and uh, comedic sort of things and presentations, and it's the non-music thinky tent in that festival, and I was brought in to do the first trial of a comedy night in that venue and I'm very pleased to have been invited while I was there. I also did Women of Letters. Women of Letters is an initiative run by Michaela and Marika who raise money with this show. It's a live show and they bring different women in to read letters that they have written. And they asked me to do it. They asked me to write a song, write a letter to the song that I wished I had written. That was the brief. Everyone in the panel got that brief and we got it about three weeks before Splendour. And I couldn't write that letter. Not because I'm lazy or or only work when the deadline is looming, though those things are occasionally true of me, but I was trying to write about anything other than what I ended up writing. What happened was I woke up, the panel was at 10 in the morning on the Saturday, I woke up at 6am and just wrote this, and I went in and I read it, and I was going to sing the song that I wished that I had written, but I didn't, I wimped out of that. I am going to include the recording of that piece, and I'll also include a a recording done by Mary Black of the song, um, for your reference. I'm including it because I'm not sure how I feel about it and I'd like your feedback. Please, if you do listen, contact me on alicerfraser at gmail.com. You can look me up on Patreon. You can look me up on Twitter or Facebook and you can contact me on all of those or any of those or all of them at once and let me know what you think. I don't know what I think, so <laughs> Help. And maybe I'll read you out next week. It's going to be at the end. Uh, you will listen to the conversation that I had with Claire Hooper, which is so much fun. Claire Hooper is a wonderful person, a great comedian, radio personality, uh, used to be on Good News Week, is now the mother of a very fat, very cute seven-month-old. And we had a great conversation in her car. I hope you enjoy that. I really enjoyed having it. This is Tea with Alice.
1: I hate it when people share, Wade shared a sad dog story with me today. Oh. And, and yeah, and it's that horrible thing of going, oh, I hate bearing the burden of carrying this story alone. Therefore, I'm going to tell you and make you sad, and it won't make me any less sad. So I've just shared it with this a whole lot of other I people. This is what I feel like about the news
0: nowadays, often. Because I went for two years without reading any of the news.
1: Because
0: mm. I, you know, I had this... Uh, it was a recommendation by my doctor because I was getting a bit depressed and they said, you know, don't read the news and don't be a lawyer. And I I did <laughs> half of that. <laughs> I didn't read the news for two years and then I had to because I started writing for Irrational Fear.
1: And to your credit, you did stop being a lawyer. Yes. Very well. So I wise. could only do one of them uh, at a time. Yes. Um, yeah, I've always... Uh, I actually think people would be surprised to know this given that most of the work that I've done... On television mm. has been in topical material. Yeah. But before Good News Week, I never watched the news. I just, and I'm still pretty bad with the news. But in that um, three and a half year period, certainly in the first year of Good News Week, I developed, like, I, I'm i not going to be grand enough to say, like, proper depression, mm. but it was definitely on the edge of, you know, like, I was. Borderline. Yeah, I was really. Um, yeah, I really suffered for it. Because yeah. if you are if you are naturally an avoider of the news, then it means two things. You're not you haven't built up an immunity and probably the reason you're avoiding it in the first place is you're a slightly more vulnerable person. Yeah. I it yeah, it did not work for me at all. I absolutely hated what it did to me. And it took a little while for me to work out that oh, it's because it's because of the news. That's why. Yeah, it's screwing with you. Yeah. I, I think that people should stay informed, but I do too. But I just don't. But I don't know. want to. Well, I just don't know. There, there is a
0: balance, and maybe it's that you read the news once a week, because
1: all and once to be honest, that would be enough.
0: But it's not. It's not even once a week or once a day anymore. It's not reading the newspaper in the morning. It's constantly every hour. Or
1: oh, mate, the MH seventeen d- and the drip, photos that came through my Twitter feed. Drip
0: feeding the Gaza children in Gaza. Photos. Yeah,
1: I. I'm, I've got a five month old and the kid stuff, sure enough, it's not, I mean, like I, yeah, it's, it's really hard to take. And, um, everyone said that that would happen. It's not like it was a pleasure before, but now that is so hard when they're talking about, you know, seven year old boy's body found in a field covered in blood that, you know, like flew far from the wreck site and you just, yeah. And you're like, that's somebody's child that's just fallen into a field and been yeah. and the man said I brought him in because I was afraid he would be eaten by dogs it is oh thanks twitter yeah thanks
0: hakes i that. didn't need that in my head it's 10:30 a.m. yeah exactly and then it's also 11:30 and 12:30 and 1:30 yeah. Yeah. and 9:30 when you check your phone before you get it like it's
1: not healthy i don't know i been it's about no, this it's not healthy this. well it's not it's not like we can do i mean it's a um it's not like we can do anything about it so it's offering us huge problems that we can't solve so, so the, the importance of being um following the news and being active is is when your own decisions you know when when the news informs your decisions. That's yeah. Im- it's important to be aware of what's going on in the world so that you can be part of stopping the wrong things. But if somebody,
0: Perhaps if a plane has gone article, down, there's nothing
1: you can learn from that and there's nothing you can offer to those people.
0: Every news article should include a to-do list at the
1: moment. <laughs> yeah. What you can do about this. Oh
0: yeah. And if it's nothing, then it's nothing. You tick the box and you leave. Like, That's just, right. Just having that function. Maybe I should run an app that has that function. That's amazing. Like, What, what can you do Please. about you like do the app, because I don't want it to
1: be Murdoch's to-do list at the end of every <laughs>
0: article. Exactly. But yeah, maybe with the app you could pre-select whether you're right wing or left
1: wing. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're so right though. That is what you need. You just That's need to you know need. whether there's anything you can do. Here's the bad thing, but don't worry. This is what you
0: do. Yeah. That would be so much better. Mm. That would be heaps better. But I had this experience this morning where I shared my st- Story.
1: Yes, and Alice Fraser did women of letters this morning. I did women of
0: letters at Splendor this morning, and I was the second last because I told them what I was going to talk about, and they put me in this spot, which meant that I knew something, knowing how lineups work. Yeah, which meant that I was going to be the saddest story.
1: You're right. But
0: the first three girls who got up cried during their letters less. Which, you know, they were exposed and vulnerable, mm. and, you know, they'd gone through some things in their lives, but then there was this thing where I was like, I'm... Did you feel the pressure to cry? No, no, I felt sort of the opposite pressure, and the same sort of thing, but I don't do that when I'm really nervous on stage. I get kind of abrupt and roboty. Yeah, great. <laughs> which is what I did, and also because I'm a comedian and no one was laughing... I thought they hated me so I kind of like I was gonna sing this song because the the premise was you had to write a song for the write a letter to the song that you wish you'd written yes and I wrote I, I talked about my mom and like complicated grief and yeah <laughs> this whole thing what was the song the song was hard times um which is a folk song like so I I started the the, oh, maybe I'll tack, I've got an audio of it, maybe I'll take it, it on of the, the end the podcast.
1: I can't believe that um, therapists many years ago told you to avoid the news and not become a lawyer and didn't caution you against becoming a comedian. Nobody was laughing so I thought they hated me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I didn't I didn't put the, the comedian question you in the table. You didn't offer her. that, you didn't put it on, the table. on the table. That yeah. wasn't on the table.
0: But, um, yeah, I, d- I mean, and people liked it. They said that they liked it. I think it it's the kind of thing that even if I had done it badly, you'd have to say you liked it because it was so... Mm. Um, yeah,
1: because you, you played the card of my mother's ill. Yeah, and also... People the, can't not like that.
0: I think the problem that I felt was that I it was quite formal and flowery in the way that I did it because I wrote it this morning. I woke up at 6 this morning because I hadn't written it. I'd been <laughs> percolating about it. And yeah. my, me, my, my first thing is always, like, quite and then I cut back to do the kind of the modern style of writing is much more cut back
1: yes but I'm sure it was I'm sure it was appropriate but everyone else was kind of quirky and awkward and
0: and, and I felt like I was just doing this thing where I was just I I don't know I I think it went as I wished it to go rather than as I feared it was going but um, it was still really nerve wracking Sure. and it was partly just the comedy not, not just being used to Checking in with the audience going, Yep, you're getting it and then they laugh and you go, They're getting it. Or not.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Good. (laughs) I'm so glad I don't have to perform tonight. Oh, no wonder I feel great. Do you not have to perform tonight? No, I'm I was booked for Friday and Sunday giving me this Saturday to just you know take my child to the beach for the very first time that's so
0: cool and it's a
1: good beach to go to too oh it's lovely and it's really I mean it's a bit of a trade-off because my husband obviously yesterday as we touched down and we're feeling stressed and couldn't get the baby in a nap and we're like trying to work out how we're going to do the me performing and him minding the child and it's a festival he's like why do we bring a child to a festival right obviously now 24 hours later having had a spa and yeah, he would have been calling and you being like, Why did you leave me with the child if you hadn't Oh yeah, well I wasn't gonna leave the child, I was gonna do it by myself with the child, so that was a bit mad. That oh, was the other option. The, but the point is he's going he's gonna have a nice big night tonight and he's gonna feel like a young man again. Well I look after the child.
0: Oh. but
1: um and watch movies?
0: You know, um I can't do it. Oh, you're saying she doesn't like it when you don't have your attention on her?
1: Yes. Yeah, well so um I'm like that.
0: If There's I'm a, with somebody who's yeah. like, you know, just texting or something, or well, exactly. Yeah. Know, no point wonder point.
1: she, she's gotten so um, sensitive. She can feel when you sneakily pick your, you know, when you're feeding her and yeah. you sneakily picked your phone up behind her. She can feel that twitch of the arm muscles under her back that <laughs> is you turning on a phone, and she will break off the boob and writhe. And um, uh, and if you're trying, if the TV's on in the background, she will twist. To watch it and there's all there's a lot of caution like they say don't let your child watch not no screens until they're two, which is really interesting. And I don't I read I'm I'm sold, I'm okay with the message, but every time I read articles explaining why, I don't feel completely convinced that they're not partly driven to just they 've taken that position and now they're trying to justify that position you know what I mean so I'm trying to find yeah. I'm trying to find well, research that's what all
0: data is really I mean if you think about the if, somebody say, if
1: you think about the experiments that get done
0: yes that's always because they people to prove something. want to prove something I mean yes. it's not since the 1700s when people just did experiments to see what would happen like that
1: was yeah put the, put a rat on a spinning plates 1600s more like yeah or jam. just
0: yeah feed a dog its own and see what happens. oh god <laughs>
1: yeah right yeah you put, remember build a 200
0: yeah. meter trench or 200 foot trench to put a telescope in and realize it was too damp to sit at the bottom
1: like they just did all those things crazy like, stuff and then but no now yes it's all anyway the point is i can't watch movies with the child because i haven't found any literature saying yeah play TV to your baby um, and then I'm in a hotel room so once I finally get her to sleep it'll be like uh, lights off complete quiet
0: yeah. what else
1: am I going to do, you gonna do? You can't go that's for what I've, I've been travelling a lot to do work with the baby and I've discovered that, that is the, that's the really intense thing, once you've got the child to sleep you're like, what do I do now I've just got to sit quietly in the dark I can't leave her alone in the hotel room but I can't do anything in here yeah, yeah. I can't turn the TV on. I can't even really put the light on to read a book without waking her up. Oh wow! Yeah. And then you're confronted. no wonder I come home feeling a bit strung out. Yeah. Because you just got yourself Med- meditating something. Sitting quietly in the Nitting. dark is overrated. <laughs> overrated? Yeah. 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 You know, like the people like, oh, just be at peace with yourself and just alone with your own thoughts. Sometimes just. Just be quiet and no, be. And I don't, no, no don't, don't, don't. No, give me the tally, please.
0: I escape into fiction. I'll read yeah, that's good. Terrible fantasy novels. Yeah. One of which I just lent your husband. Yeah. Uh, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, I don't. I was brought up Buddhist, so meditation is part of the arsenal. But if I am sort of mm. going into the spiraling depths of
1: my own doubts and fears. Do you know I actually said? I said Good News Week was my first experience with, um, uh, you know, like light mental illness. <laughs> Again, it's too grand to call it that, but it's not. I've just remembered it's not. that when I first started meditating, that's when I experienced my first panic attacks. And you might say, well, probably you only sought out meditation because that no. was something. But no, it was like my mum said, oh, I've bought you some meditation classes. And I went, well, they're free. I might try them. And soon after... Yeah, it was almost like me slowing down to a pace that I was not comfortable with and trying to turn off my mind. It was a bad really idea. It really freaked me out.
0: Yeah, I think it can. I mean, like my dad teaches meditation courses and you get people who just go off the deep, like a 10 days, no talking. Yeah. The people go off passionate. the deep end. Stop. Properly off the deep. There's some amazing stories.
1: And I have and talked for just fifteen minutes about my baby, and you have amazing stories about people losing it at meditation.
0: Well, this is the thing:
1: some people. The floor is yours.
0: Well, like my dad is of this generation of people who were kind of hippies and didn't know what they were doing, and yeah. then they found Buddhism, meditation, mm-hmm. and all of his kind of generation of meditators, just like were people who were. One of them used to live in a cave with a trident in India. With a trident. With a trident, he was. Did he think he was Neptune? I don't know. I don't know the whole story, but... Because a trident doesn't belong in a cave. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. It's maybe f- he was... It's a fishing tool. It, maybe it was a cave near some water. I don't okay, know yeah, the details sure. of the story. I only know that he got, like, just pneumonia or something and nearly died. Dying. And then oh, right. came back and, okay. like, one of the other sort of... They were all doing these weird things and then mm. they found Buddhism and kind of got their shit together. Yeah. Like, for my dad as well, he kind of became this, you know, pillar of the community and a bunch of other people did things like that. And that happens sometimes. Like, you get people who come in who just are wrecks of human beings or... Yes. And then they meditate and they're like, Everything else has
1: failed. So why is meditation going to find them...
0: Yeah. But sometimes it does. And then they do like, they're amazing. And then you get other people who come in like, yeah, I've got this. And then after three days, they just bolt. Yeah. Like, they leave all their stuff in their room. They just run. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but not even try to sneak away like get up in the middle of a sitting and just
1: run away (laughs) like they can never unsee what they saw inside their their own own head
0: and you're just sitting there quietly like amazing there's some some people who just don't have whatever it takes to like deal with being quiet for a second oh dear look there's a man in a pink bunny suit Uh, oh i I read an article for the sbs about what not to do yes i saw that and one of them was
1: don't wear a onesie that There were a few brief seconds where that was refreshing and interesting. Yeah. And they were about three years ago. Oh, so judgy of me. That's a horrible thing to say. They're just kids having fun. Kids having fun. Yes. Your article did say over the age of 22. Yes. Maybe that guy was 20. Maybe he was. But I did say in the article. He didn't look 20. He looked uh, about 35. They're not acceptable
0: if you're over the age of one. Right. Because, I mean, they may be more forgivable. Or understandable why you're stupid, but
1: yeah, I don't know. They're Maybe. fine to wear in the
0: privacy of your own home. If that's but they're what, not if even they because you feel comfortable um, and you feel good, you can wear whatever. The problem you want. with the onesie
1: is if no you're wearing objection. it for warmth and then you need to go to the toilet, then you've got to get a cold top half while your onesie sits on the bathroom what floor you at your ankles. Bum flap? Well, that that one didn't. That had a bunny tail where the bum flap should That's be. A so, terrible in, idea.
0: Because yeah. he's gonna, it's gonna be in a like a, a festival portaloo as well. Like, there's no that way to tail. gracefully get out. It's not even the bunny tail. The whole thing's gonna be on the floor of yeah. a Yeah, m- it's just, just like this, <laughs> you know, this human feces
1: smeared on the walls. There's no way you're not touching the edges that was my, let's talk about comedy mistakes. That was my <laughs> um, maybe mistake, but yeah, last night I just thought I had a set plan and then I just told the story of the girl who fell down in the shit puddle outside the I floor I loved loose. that. I enjoyed that story. Oh, well, that's nice. If, but that's because you're a comedian. And comedians <laughs> love it when you deviate yes. from the plan. Yeah, well... Audiences, not necessarily. They were they fine. The it plan. was fine. They were a festival audience. was yeah, assume there is no plan. But there were no jokes in that so much. Audiences disappointedly say, oh, he said the same thing last night. That is true. They do do that. Yep. Well, that's the advantage that means when I do tomorrow night set, I can not tell the story of the girl falling over in a puddle of shit. And mm. they'll be like, wow, she has so much material. But they don't think it's material. They think
0: you're just getting up and saying your and thoughts. chats.
1: Yeah. A lot of people do. My, one of my close friends we met through theatre like she was an actor and we were great friends and she'd been in London for a while while I started doing stand-up and she came back to Australia saw me do a gig and she was like oh my god you're amazing and then so she came the following week to another gig and then she's like she's really (laughs) uncomfortable explaining it to me but she's like I felt a bit betrayed you like because like the first time I thought you were just like, this is somebody who I met working in theatre, and even she didn't realise that a, we write it.
0: Yeah, the, you see actors say, oh, I could never do stand-up because it's not a script.
1: Yeah, it's, and you're like, yeah, well, it's a it script. It is, it's more it's a or script. less. It's a
0: script that you work out by trying it on stage often. Yeah,
1: look, there's it's a lot more fluid. If you decide you don't want to say one of the scripted lines, you're allowed to drop it, sure. Yeah.
0: but And equally, you add things on the fly, and
1: it's more fluid than that, but it's also... Yeah, 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 yeah. it was really, it was really funny. So it was that thing of me going, I bet there's some people that don't even know that. And I was like, oh, right, a good, intelligent friend of mine in the arts didn't know that thing. So yeah, you're right. People do think, a lot of people watch comedy thinking it's all And then they feel disappointed and annoyed when they come and they're like, I
0: really like this person. I'm going to come and see them every night for a week. And you're like, I'll turn stuff over maybe once every three months if you're really lucky.
1: Yeah. Really. Cause oh, look, well, you turn up for a gig and, oh, another onesie. Good on you. Um, Turning over an a hour game. a year. Well, I know that I go to, every time I do a certain gig in Perth, he's always like going, can you do Can you do the Bjork bit, um, John McAllister. Love him. Yeah. Always goes, can you do the Bjork bit? Can you do the, um, you know, that opera song about, and what he's talking about is material that I dropped seven years ago. <laughs> but he always wants me to, and I don't, And it braces hard every time. The poor guy gives me the money, but I don't do his special requests. I should, but it's like I haven't done those songs in seven years. Seven years is a long time. It's like And he still wants them. In real life, maybe, you
0: have the same sort of conversation a couple of times with your friends. Mm. Like when you're working through an idea. Yeah. But you're not going to have the conversation now that you had eight years ago when you were... Yeah, you know, figuring out whatever whatever it was, just because yeah. it won't be who you are anymore.
1: Yeah,
0: and it won't feel weird and artificial and like ooh. Yeah. Although well, that said, yeah. I have some jokes that like really early jokes.
1: Yeah, I um, I just I rediscovered a few joyous ones. Oh uh, yeah. I was like, oh, that is a, oh, that is still a truth. That's nice. But um, it would be a better comedian that just wrote something new. So good one, <laughs> Hopes. It's all right. Everything old is new again. There's no new things. Apart from the new, there things. has to be because we're both trying to write a fringe show. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry to bring it up. Um, let's <laughs> change the subject. So uh, do you have unpopular ideas you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, it's great. We've just, yeah, 20 minutes. I'm not getting down to the point. Yeah, well, you podcast. know, like, one of the unpopular ideas is something that you have talked about on the podcast. And, you know, I saying, now that I've got a child the news stories about children affect me more deeply, right? Mm. And I always assumed, uh, this is the contrary to that, Mm. I always assumed that pedophilia would distress me more after I had a child. Maybe, you know, maybe in a few more years. I really expected that magical thing of suddenly it was this huge hot button for me. Mm. And I've been really interested to know, like I don't like to hear stories of kids being sick or killed at all you know like mm. that's that's tremendously distressing but it's very interesting that i've watched like for example the rolf harris trial mm. with no greater emotional reaction than i would have had before interesting that is interesting yeah and i so i know you've talked about this very unpo- and i feel like i have an incredibly unpopular attitude to um pedophilia i've always felt like i was Compassionate. I'm, I'm going to use the w- inappropriate, compassionate. And I say inappropriately because I think I have noticed that people respond really badly. If I show any compassion to people who have those. That's my fault. Sorry, my phone just went off. Um, I agree. Those urges. But it's so interesting. I just, you can, ha- yeah, this is an interesting So thing. often, so often for people, I mean, cause it's a, it is, um, it is a, it is a terrible urge to have. I just can't imagine anyone would choose it. No. Nobody Nobody would choose to have a sexual attraction that they know will never be accepted by the people around them. And I, ju- I feel really sorry because... And also a sexual attraction
0: that can never be healthily satisfied.
1: No. Um, and I... <sighs> But there are people who are into, like,
0: things that can never happen, you know, in various other ah. ways. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Well, the abuse of children is always wrong. And yeah, look, I mean... Th- but then there's people who do the horrible, horrible things to children that are not sexual in nature, that are equally unacceptable.
1: Yeah, and it's not as... It's not as taboo in some way, and I. It's look. I don't know how. The pro, I feel like if I unravel this these thoughts in my head, I'm just going to end up saying such wrong things. Yeah, because there that's, are things. That, well, that's the is, point this of the is podcast is to unravel these. Well, things. just d- deal with it, folks. For, f- now, um. Well, it strikes. <laughs> I mean, this is a terrible thing to say, but do people have this? strong gut reaction against it for the same reason um homophobes you know like do people react like that because they can't even stop to entertain whether it might mean something to them you know do, do you know what i mean like yeah like i don't understand why people can't go i feel sorry for this person it must have been very hard for them to seek help they to admit that to another human being like God I knows. that's I, a I reckon
0: perpetuating somebody... loop, actually. Isn't it? Because well, that... people are so outraged. People don't seek you... help. No, but that, that's the first level. But your homophobia idea, like, because people don't seek help, then when it comes up in conversation, because the outrage is so intense, yes. people won't think about it. And yeah. then they have that. So it's not necessarily that they have an urge that they're suppressing with anger, which is what happens with homophobia. It's that they they don't dare they don't dare even look at themselves. Yes, it has to be immediately on the attack because if they
1: did look at themselves, what if they found what something? if they found yes? I'm something? certainly not. I'm not saying that they're that it's like homophobes who are truly homosexual. I am. I agree with you, and thank you for explaining because it does make it. A less controversial idea. But, yeah. If, but then it's this weird are, are people self-perpetuating People so terri- Yeah, so terrified that it could apply to them or someone they know that they... Yes, it's just an, an immediate outrage. Because it feels like we should be compassionate for... you know,
0: like Well, if, I, if only as a functional thing. Because if you if are people providing ad- people with uh, resources, then oh, it's less likely to admits, happen,
1: if really. If you could admit that they felt an urge... Like that. If they could tell a loved one, or well, they have this program in I re- Canada. I reckon people would just feel terrified to even tell a therapist because they'd think that it's like they might. They would probably believe this in some yeah, places. Yeah, right.
0: Especially if you have any association with children.
1: There is a lot of reason to not seek help.
0: In Canada, there's a program, like a mentorship AA program, but that's already, I think, for offenders, although maybe you can self-report in them. There's a couple of internet online resources where people who are self, like who are just forming alliances, Mm. um, what um, podcaster and columnist Dan Savage calls gold star pedophiles, guys who have that inclination and then they just, they form these kind of support groups of just like, hey... I'm right.
1: not going to do anything about right, it. Right, right, okay.
0: Yeah, it's Rather very... than the ones that are, like, on the dark net sharing child pornography, this is the kind of guys who are, like,
1: good I'm on your buddy. i sure I read a story about a young man, you know, like a, a young man that's sort of around the 20, you know, like noticed the feelings as a teenager mm-hmm. and actually, a, you know, like put his hand up and said he felt those things. So he's mm-hmm. now a quite a young man mm. who's actively not trying to fix himself or you know like it and it was a really interesting thing because at the end of the article I just remember there being comments about what a bad person he was and I was like oh my god this this guy should be held up as an amazing example of what a human like he's given himself the best possible chance of never acting on it yeah by telling everybody by allowing people to know that about himself
0: yeah, well, this is an interesting thing, and I often find this when you get people who are applauded for restraint of various kinds. Mm. You you don't know what's going on under the surface. Like, you get people who, I don't know. I don't know a good way to put this. I, I think you have to think of it in an archaic way. If you think about okay. women in the seventeen and 1800s mm-hmm. where chastity was a virtue. yes and a woman who was just completely chased all of her life and only had sex unwillingly for procreation with her husband was the pinnacle of of womanhood by many standards. Maybe some women just don't have a high sex drive. So what about, you know, a woman who behaves like that when she feels the opposite should get more points. Than yeah, somebody who right. just is
1: naturally, but in or order then, to get those points, she would have to very early on put her hand up and go. Actually, everyone, I'm gagging for it, so keep yeah, that yeah. in mind when I'm when good. you see me.
0: But I think that's also the thing with virtue. Like there are some people who are just geared to take pleasure from being nice to other people.
1: Oh, look, there is. Um, there are some people who supposedly. Oh, uh, you know, like isn't there something? There are people who can't steal or can't lie. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a It's just a a, a neural. Yeah, they're built into them. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I've got the can't steal one. You know, like as in I feel that I'm quite a virtue, a traditionally virtuous person in Mm. many ways. I don't think, I don't feel like I put any effort into it. I feel like it's. Just it's just programming. Yeah. I can't, I can't help it. I don't want to. I've never stolen anything, and it would just never occur. It just I couldn't reach out and take something from a shop and put it in my pocket. Yeah. I could never do that. Yeah. But then there's
0: could be like if there's a kleptomaniac and they're not stealing. Yes. Should they be applauded more than you? They're,
1: they're working much harder than me. I just. I mean, I should be applauded if I force myself to steal once and then never do it again. Like that. <laughs> that actually would show more of a. Of a journey and an and an um, <laughs> had an experience with my own virtue. It's interesting. It? For example,
0: alcoholics mm. uh, who don't drink anymore, they're quite open about the fact that they are. Uh, they don't say, "I don't drink." They say, "I'm an alcoholic." Yeah. So I don't drink.
1: Mm. And, then, and that's just their what? That's just their lousy way of claiming more credit for what they're doing, yeah, isn't it? Basically. That's what you're saying. No, I don't know. What We're I'm not I'm impressed, saying. alcoholics. When you start just saying I don't drink and letting us think you're a loser instead, that's when we'll be impressed. I've
0: lost. I've lost my train of thought. But there was something else. That oh, was, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. It's not at
1: all that. Also, I was joking about that. But as somebody who doesn't drink, mm. I am. Sometimes I've wished that I could give people a better reason. Oh,
0: <laughs> occasionally I don't drink either, and occasionally I'll be like. uh Oh, yeah, no. And just to kind oh, you of make the a face. face.
1: You do the face that suggests that there's a really interesting story that you're yeah, not yeah. ready to talk about. Yeah, sometimes I'll do that. Sometimes you got to when you're hanging around with the cool kids.
0: And they're
1: pressuring you, but now I just. People notice it less now, I think. Yeah, isn't it a matter. Well, apart from anything else, we've found our home in comedy. You wouldn't think. I mean, there's people that write themselves off, but there's quite a few non drinkers.
0: Yeah, I, I like that about comedy. I really enjoyed last night um, being watching outcast and outcast was like uh everyone put your hands in the air everyone put your hands in the air, and everyone was putting like thousands of people were putting their hands in the air yeah i was amid six comedians no one put their hands in the air Canadian. and i was like yeah you guys would not be nazis
1: yeah <laughs> there's a there's a whole topic of discussion that we've left it to the air there's so many things to talk about i uh, often you wonder you know when you when you you know, when you watch uh, 12 Years a Slave or something, didn't yeah. watch it. The point is, when you... I didn't
0: watch it. I didn't want to see someone getting whipped to death. I've read enough.
1: Yeah. I um, I often wonder if I If I would be a person that would stand up for what's right. Would I be the person that said, stop whipping that slave? Would I? Mm. Because the current me would, but that's because I live in 2014 Australia and I'm an extremely you know like I'm in the privileged position where I would feel like I could say that mm. and that everyone around me would agree that I'm just saying what's blatantly obvious. Yeah, oh yeah, you're right. We should stop whipping this slave.
0: Yeah. Why right? we even like, oh, the oh god, place.
1: how silly of us. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Thanks for speaking they the truth that we are not at all animals. Yeah, I really but I wonder I, I actually think that I probably like the courage. Is it courage time or perspective? And place. Um, per- yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a bit of both. Mm. You, re- you need the courage to not be afraid of what will happen to you or what people will think of you if you have a dangerous idea. Mm. Um, it is perspective. You need to be able to step outside and go, something about this doesn't make sense in a bad way. Mm. And I think that I'm always missing the things that don't make sense in a bad way but are currently acceptable. Mm. You know, like I, I bet there's things that I'm always I think a lot of like food stuff at the moment is really
0: super dodgy. Like, are you talking? Oh, you mean food production? Food production, and then like also people who have food habits that they think are.
1: Are you talking about the fake celiacs?
0: No, no, no. I have no problem with fake celiacs. I have close friends who are celiacs who are very pleased that there are more products on the market.
1: Oh, yeah. That's the, isn't that that's the upshot? Like, even though this gluten intolerance thing is all a little bit of bullshit, it's lovely for the people that are genuinely gluten intolerant that it's brought the prices like, down. brought
0: the prices down, brought the range yes. of products up. So,
1: good job, everyone. Good job, everyone. Keep, Keep up being the good work. Work.
0: Yep. Um, What are you talking about? I'm talking about veganism in particular. Right. A particular brand of veganism. Okay. Um... Which says, very self-congratulatorily, I won't have any part in cruelty towards animals. Yeah. Which is a very nice principle until you start looking at the, like, the production of a lot of, like, meat substitutes and...
1: Right. Okay, that's there's very interesting. There's crops
0: that are really, you know, either water-intensive in regions that can't take it, monocultures in regions that aren't being properly totally.
1: farmed, or, oh. equally, like, the number of... Are the bloody quinoa revolution and the... And the the fact that the people that used to eat quinoa and destruction can no habitat. longer
0: afford quinoa. If
1: everyone were vegan, there would be no
0: ecologically safe habitats for animals. Like this yes. is
1: however however there is there are truly horrific things being done in the name of meat production as well. our primary industries are not, there is not enough check on them.
0: Exactly, which is why I think that the veganism thing is this kind of relatively lazy way of Thinking that you've solved a problem which you haven't solved.
1: Whereas supporting the people producing meat in an okay way, is a, is this what you're p- potentially proposing? No, just don't jump fact, at the easy solution.
0: The easy solution is I just won't have any part of this. Oh, yeah. Rather than it, let's try but to But if fix that helps it. you
1: sleep at night, maybe that's... I mean, we can't fix it. The world is terrible. So why isn't it just okay to step back and go... You guys all be horrible. I'm just going to be over here washing my hands. the
0: other element of it is that vegans, veganism is not for everyone.
1: No, and so I, um, I mean, it's really interesting that you bring up the idea of vegetarian veganism and meat and stuff, because, you know, when I talk about would I have the courage, Mm. um, I do look at my own attitude. I am by nature a vegetarian Mm. I am also relatively I'm okay with taking milk from cows but I do not like the way it's done Yeah, and yet I still put milk on my cereal and I feel really conflicted about that organic milk maybe uh, organic milk is a real, a really tricky kettle of fish because when the cows get mastitis and they've got incredibly painful, they are not given the medicine they need because they've got to keep their organic rating. So this organic, yes, I do use organic milk, but even that makes me feel terrible because in order to get that badge, they've yeah. actually got, they don't give cows the medicine they need when the cow is really hurting. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. And they still have to do the bobby calf thing to keep the cows milking. They're still taking their children away and slaughtering them behind the shed so that the cow cries and keeps producing milk. It's hideous. Yeah. It's a horrible industry. And I'm still drinking milk. In fact, this is then probably is the, the day I stop. buying the, like, really expensive, like, locally produced Yeah, milk you know, like, I don't know what it is. I, I believe in Melbourne that's the Jonesy's dairy. I don't really know. And why have I – If I mean, this is – this shows me that I would clearly roll over to (laughs) slavery if I can't even investigate what milk I should be drinking. When you feel strongly about. I feel very strongly, but I feel so strongly and I'm afraid I'm not going to get the right answer. So I don't investigate. But this is the thing. Maybe So like, I'm, this is so I'm terrible. So I'm terrible. I say t- I'm virtuous because I don't steal things. No, I'm just programmed not to steal. But I'm a horrible person. <laughs> oh, no, this is not the outcome of the podcast that we're looking for. Isn't it?
0: Maybe it is. Maybe. I don't no, know. No, it's, it's true. Just, I really, I don't. This is the kind of thing that I'm talking about because you have this self-congratulatory, well, we've solved this problem and everyone else is just being awful, vegan kind yeah. of. Yes and it's not vegan specifically i'm using that as an example because it is
1: uh, cuz it's an easy one to use it's an easy example. one to
0: use of, of people who are um proselytizing Tires. and certain of themselves yeah um
1: you know, yeah look and i i'm i in defense of vegans i feel they just they're really up against it and if you see if you see a funny expression flash across their face when they tell you they're vegan forgive them a little bit they just come up against a lot of a lot resistance. of resistance so well, they're in the a thing funny thing. position of having to they have to they have to jut their hips forward and go yeah I'm vegan but a lot of them don't they don't, they don't want that to be the case you. Well, you know like a lot of <laughs> I'm just saying possibly a lot of people that are vegan and vegetarian um look Balshy about it because they're so used to people giving them shit.
0: Well, I, I'm a woman
1: doing comedy, so I know that expression. Yes, that's right. I don't actually feel that proud of being a woman doing comedy. I just need a facial expression to take the fear away <laughs> when you start saying... Yeah, I didn't mean that to come across as so attacky, but it is the example
0: that sort of
1: comes up. So sorry. I just
0: thought I'd throw in a little... people who are averred meat eaters, the same ones. Just the kind of oh,
1: I hate the people that are proud of eating meat. Yeah, whereas it's like let's just acknowledge this that's is like a the really people that are proud System, of, I'm sorry, people that are proud of eating meat are really similar to the people that are proud of voting for Abbott. It's because you didn't investigate <laughs> your position fully that you were able to do that. I know that sounds really terrible, but the 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 folks that voted for Abbott were sold on a lie. Yeah. He doesn't really care about the people. You know, like he is. Yeah. he's about creating a country where big business and industry do well at the expense of the little guy. So any little guys that voted for him and no, well, just, just, well, well, we're sold on a story and there's nothing to be proud of there. And I feel like meat is the same. Like, you know, like being proud of being a meat eater is that identifying, yeah, picking your identity and basing your identity on what you are not. Yeah. Which I see you know see people do on Facebook sometimes, I am telling you who I am by telling you who i don't like and what i don't do, and i don't like that as a way of' I don't, choosing it's not an a identity. Good way but
0: I think people should feel more ambivalent most of the time, maybe that's the point of this is okay. like the people who are vegans... Have- And then somebody goes off the veganism because they get an iron deficiency and it makes them really unhealthy. Like you get a lot of people who go on to veganism, have six months or a year where it's brilliant for them Mm -hmm. and then their bodies just stops responding to that diet and Mm -hmm. then they start spiraling down into ill health and then they start eating meat again and then they get better again. Like that is how we should all be okay with being like doing something that we think is good, doing it for as long as it's good. And then investigating further what's good. What's good is not always the same for everyone or for the same person over time. Yeah. But you shouldn't just be like, oh, you're a failure.
1: You, yeah, like the old um, the old Joe Hockey, you know, like, oh, you said one thing in uni and now you're saying another thing. Yeah, that's because that's many years have elapsed. Yeah. I think we should all, much as it's fun to hate on Joe Hockey, I don't think that's a fair point.
0: Yeah, or yeah, just be willing to change your mind. and if you No, think, we're allowed to change our mind. Yeah, and if you're, uh, you know, a vegan at dinner and someone says, would you like some butter, and you say, no, I'm vegan, and they go, well, this is from our cow, it's in the backyard, it's happy and healthy
1: and yeah. doing quite well. My husband's sister did that. She was vegan.
0: And then you go, oh, okay, I'll have this butter now, but tomorrow if I'm at the supermarket I won't buy butter.
1: Yes, like You, do, you yes. can have this kind of... Well, she was eating her auntie's eggs because the hens walked around in the backyard and just left eggs around in the backyard. And so she was vegan, but she was just not buying eggs from the shop. Yeah. But yeah, she would eat those eggs and she loved eating those eggs. And I'm not surprised. Because has the nutrition that... Because the- there's some great <laughs> nutrition in them. And that's totally legitimate because the reasons she chose veganism. Yeah, which is why I think those
0: labels and the smugness of the labels are yeah, more right. worrying because they let you be lazy about the reality
1: of the situation. Maybe that's the conclusion. Just like I need to steal something to prove that not stealing something
0: yeah, and, is and, virtuous. And just like, you know, with the news, it's not about reading all the news and knowing everything or not reading any of the news. It's trying to find a balance there with my app.
1: I like the sound of your app, by the way. It
0: would be amazing.
1: Yeah. Um, well... So many more so many controversial more ideas we could get onto, But this hot, car's getting really car. hot. We're sitting in a car.
0: I will get you back because I like talking to you. Oh, good. All right, great. And, and also Justin Hamilton, I was talking to him the other day and he said that I should talk to you as well. Did he? he said you
1: should be my mentor. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, but. That's really interesting. I think of you in many ways as a superior comic to me. Not in all of them, obviously. You obviously. know, I've got to give myself something.
0: You were on television.
1: I was on television, so. For many years. That just makes me great in that I can sell some tickets.
0: Yeah. That's, that's technically a mark of a better comedian in many ways. If you,
1: according to some people, according, according to promoters, to, comedy promoters, according to your ability to live in a house. Yay! Yay! But for how long? Yeah. Oh, oh, hard times. Um, um, <laughs> I think
0: we should um, stop on hard times because that's the song. Is the song I'm that I pleased talk about. to have thrown you a song. Yeah, you throw you a song. Look at you with your radio talk. Thank you so much.
1: Are you on the internet? Ah, uh, yeah, with great reluctance, but I'm doing my best. Okay, I'll... Years of resisting Facebooks and Twitter.
0: You're
1: on And the now boat. I'm just doing it for my management, because hard times. Hard times. Also, it's quite fun. All right. Bye, Claire Bye. Hooper. Bye, Alice Fraser. Next uh, up, we have Alice
0: Fraser.
1: Please make welcome.
0: I'm Sorry to mess with the system, but I have to sit down while I this. That's alright with you. Cool. Hi. Look. This is uncomfortable. You and I both know you're not a great son. I mean, I'm not trying to neg you or whatever. I still wish I'd written you. But even you would admit you're not a classic. You're not even not a classic in a cool way. You're not even like, it's not even a crime that you're not a classic. It doesn't say anything about the youth of today that you're not a classic. You're just a nice song, a bit sad, like a lot of other folk songs. That's what folk songs do best, really. Be a bit like other folk songs. So I guess in that way, you're a success. Just, I know you're not special. My mum used to sing you to us when we were little, I and mean, that was nice. You're hooked into my guts in that way. My mum was never cool, uh, though she did have a good taste in a certain kind of music. My mum was a musician. She played cello and also banjo in an Australian folk music band. She was Lucy uh, before she got sick, which was before she had us, and which is probably why she liked you. She used to sing us to sleep, But it would backfire because she always wanted to teach us the song that she was singing and then we'd learn the tune and then when we learned the tune she'd sing the high harmonies these really cool, complicated high harmonies because she was kind of a (laughs) show-off. And then we'd stay up way past our bedtime. I know you were around before I came along. and you, you you knew Lucy before I knew her as mum. Or rather, she knew you. Maybe it was you that she was playing when she realised that she couldn't feel her hands properly. Probably not, but she still played you when we were little, because you were quite simple, and her numbing numbing fingers could feel the tune in you. But then it got too sad for her to wrestle with her memories of skill, the reality of fumbling. I saw her cry once with frustration, but only once. When she told Dad that she was giving up playing music, she said it in an offhand way, like she didn't really care. My dad said that when he first saw Mum play, she was standing on stage with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth, uh, just playing the most incredibly complicated banjo music he'd ever seen, just not looking at her fingers, staring into the distance, hips cocked, leaning back like she didn't really care. I wish, I didn't wish I'd written you. When I was thinking about writing this letter, I wished that I had a cooler song. I thought about pretending you were a, a bogey song or something by taming Parlours, or even your know, Hallelujah, because that's got some killer lyrics, but it was the simplicity of you that was what brought Mum back, I think. She hung you quietly while doing other things, though as time went on, the things that she could do started to fall away. It's a difficult thing to talk about feeling grief about my mum because it feels unfair to her. She's still alive. It feels unfair to talk about losing her and how much of her has been lost. It feels cruel to say that she's not the woman that she was, that we've lost parts of her as she's lost parts of herself. I never even knew the part of her that was a brilliant mind, that taught herself Chinese and Gaelic and Russian and learned the complicated web of modal musical progressions. They had the names of architecture, Doric, Ionic. That part of her was gone by the time I could talk and walk, just arcane diagrams drawn on the walls of her study and curling yellow paper behind her cello, gathering dust. Pages of Bushranger ballads written out with variations. It's a sort of body horror mind game to think how much of your body you could have chopped away and still be a person, piece by piece. It's worse to think of that happening to your mind, your keen intelligence, your taste in food your dress sense, though I think my mum was always dating. As I grew up and gathered the pieces of personality that I wear as myself, Lucy, my mum, lost pieces impulse control, balance, the ability to walk far, or upstairs, patience, bladder, bowel, the ability to wash herself. For one terrifying six months in 2012, she lost her mind completely and spoke first in fragments, then in garbled nonsense. And it's that six months where I wish I'd written you. She was wild with fear in a hospital bed, staring at me with pin, pin-pricked, panicked pupils, flinging words that came out wrong, not understanding that we couldn't understand her, not knowing who she was. And I put my hand out. I put my hand on the side of the bed, and I put my head on my hand so I wouldn't have to look at her. And it was almost a relief. And I didn't cry, I hummed a bit, sort of self-soothing. And you were the song, of course. Fuck you. I thought we'd lost uh, her, that she had lost the last worthwhile part of her, the part that's sweet and tough and, and loving and there, that the target, the heart of self that's worth loving, where the rest of us is just kind of flashy, fleshy bullshit. And she, I was humming, and she sang the harmony. It's a sweet, complicated, high harmony, how she did when we were small to celebrate us learning a new tune, she was always a show off. And I wish I'd written you, and I wish you'd never been written because you made her happy and you made her there. And it meant that we had to keep losing her on and on and on, losing more and more. And I was so happy. The next time she was in hospital, I made my brother bring his guitar and we all sang for a while until she fell asleep and I just thought you might want to know that. Anyway.